You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Well, we are going to jump in today with my friend Brittany, a new friend that I met online. And it's so funny how Boy, I don't even know how I meet people anymore, but I am so excited when the Lord brings somebody into my life who has a shared heart for mothering and for watching the things in our life that God brings upon us and how it grows us into a deeper relationship with him. And so, Brittany, why don't we just jump in and you tell me a little bit about yourself. What makes you you? Yeah. I'm just so grateful, Pam, to be here. I just love what you're doing. I love your heart for moms and just that you compile these stories. And it's just so powerful and moving that you just care so much about these stories and you know how much they're going to impact all of us. So I just, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'm Brittany. I um, am a mom of two. My son, Josiah just turned three and my daughter, Ileana is about to turn one in like a week. I can't believe my little baby is already growing up. Yeah, I love, I've been loving motherhood. Um, I'm also formerly a licensed marriage and family therapist, but I kind of through the story I'm about to tell you, God kind of took me on a pivot and I'm now podcasting and doing coaching. And I just have for years, for decades, I have just had such a heart for women to help them get out of the places that they're stuck in. I just really believe that God has so much freedom waiting for us and so much joy and motherhood for sure is so hard but it doesn't have to be only hard. Like I think there is so much good that can be found in it. And so I'm just really passionate about helping women heal from the past to try and show up as the best mom for their kids, the best wife for their husbands and their full selves. So I, yeah, I'm just grateful to be here and I love uh, helping, helping moms just grow and, uh, and also just get closer to God because that's where healing is found. And so I'm very passionate about that. Well, I think, a little thing that I caught when you said that was the best wife and the best mom that we can be. Uh, You did not say perfect wife or perfect mom. And so each of us, that's going to look different with each one of us, but we can do our best and always be growing in, in that in where God has planted us, each one starting at a different um, place and each one growing at a different rate as well. But we're going to do our best because God has put this upon us. Yes, that is so great. Yeah, I think perfectionism actually gets in the way of our growth and yeah, God doesn't call us to that. So it's such a good point. So what was the transition like from moving from career to being a mom. And is that part of this story as well? Um, that kind of happened before this story began. Um, I, when my son was born, I had always really wanted to, part of me wanted to be a stay at home mom, even though I pursued, you know, a lot of education and, uh, this career, but I, for the first two years of my son's life, that was like all that was on my heart. I just wanted to be at home. I loved like every moment of watching him grow and learn. Like I found so much joy in that. Um, and I kind of actually in that season to learn how to like be a homemaker too, and like (laughs) figure out how to get systems in my home and like clean the dishes throughout the day and all these little things that I never really thought about before. And, uh, didn't have to manage because I didn't have children that were consuming so much of my time. So 
it was such a, a joy of a season. Um, but then as I kind of, as he was getting older, I just, God started putting something on my heart to do something. I didn't know what it was. And so I was in a waiting season for, I think almost a year where I was like, okay, God, I know you're calling me to something else. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's stepping back in as a therapist and doing private practice. Um, I don't know, you know, if that's working for my church, I don't, I don't know any of it. And so I just was waiting on his voice and waiting for him to show me. Um, and then that kind of does bring us to the, the start of my story. So we're going to talk about a tough subject and um, it is something that is very real for a lot of women. I think, I think we don't talk about it maybe as much as it is um, prevalent as much as it comes up. And we're going to talk about your miscarriage. And so I just want to give everybody a little bit of a warning on that, that that is our subject matter today. And if that is close to your heart, if that is a hard thing for you, I just want you to have the permission to go find a quiet place to sit, be alone, and um, allow the Lord to just speak to you as Brittany shares her story. And I just pray that this is an encouragement to you and um, speaks life into you. That's so great. I love that your heart is yeah for moms and yeah, it can for sure be a triggering subject. Um, I agree. It's not talked about as much as it is prevalent, which I've found through my story, like as you know, as I'm going to share about my miscarriage afterwards, there was so many people that I met that had walked through the same thing. And I had, I'd been friends for them for so long and I had never realized. And so it's this invisible thing often, but it affects us in such a profound way. So I think these conversations are so important, but yes, finding that, that safe, quiet space to, um, and join having God join with you in this conversation is so crucial. That's great. So at this point, you already had one little man in your life and he was about a year old, you said. Yes, that's correct. So my, my story starts at, um, actually at a women's conference. My, my church put on this big women's conference. We're a pretty small church. We're about seven years old, actually eight years now. And, um, so this was a big deal. I was so excited building up to it. And, um, I just remember the first night I was sitting there and, um, my pastor, our female pastor, Pastor Megan Robinson, who's amazing. Um, she passed out these little boxes and had everyone just kind of hold them. And she said, there's just something little in this. Don't open it yet. But I want you to look at that box and ask God what he has for you this weekend. What, what does he want to speak to you? What does he want to give you? And so um, right before this conference, I actually found out that I was pregnant with my, with my second pregnancy. And I looked at that box and I immediately like louder than I had ever heard before, heard God say, it's a girl. And my heart just like began racing. There was a dream that I'd always had to have a girl, but it was almost like a dream that I didn't like allow myself to fully even speak. Cause I was, I felt so out of control of it. Like I have no control over whether I'm going to have a boy or a girl. And so I almost didn't even want to have it because I didn't want to be disappointed, but I heard God so clearly in this moment say that it's a girl. And so I was, I was so excited and, you know, I, went to my eight week appointment and everything was healthy and, you know, we're great. And so it still hadn't been confirmed that it was a girl, but everything was progressing. And I, I just believed. And so I started even telling friends that knew about the pregnancy, like, you know, God told me it's a girl. And I was just really believing for that. So I finally got to my 12 week appointment and I, I go in to see the midwife and I, I go in and 
it's funny too, because even on the way in, it's like, I feel like God was just setting me up in this way, like, like foreshadowing in a novel, it kind of sets you up for what's about to happen. So <laughs> this silly thing happened. I, my, I opened my garage door and my, my, uh, one-year-old, uh, darted out and he'd never done that and darted like towards the street. And so I had to run after him and I had this big coat on and it caught the side of my husband's desk and something shattered, fell and shattered all over the floor into a million pieces. And I looked after I got my son safely and it was this trophy for <laughs> the fantasy football league and his family, but it had been around for decades and it had everyone's names engraved on the side of who had won that year. It's a big family tradition for him. And it was shattered into a million pieces. And so it was just this weird moment that like almost prepared me for what was to come because I was so thinking it, it was like this, this devastation um, that I had to tell him about. I was so worried about it. And I, I went into my appointment kind of thinking about that. And I felt so kind of anxious on the way there. And I know I don't believe worry or fear is from God, but um, I just felt something wasn't right. And I didn't know if it was the trophy that had shattered or it was about the appointment that was about to happen. But you know, I got in there and, um, you know, they went to do the ultrasound and, um, there was no heartbeat and I had had no, no signs of anything like this before. And I just, it was like this moment that I had always feared, but I, you know, just thought it would never happen. Like, it, you know, I, I was so worried about it, but I thought it could, it could never be me. Like it, it doesn't have to be me. And, um, so it was just so heartbreaking. Like this baby girl that God had promised me was not there anymore. And I remember too, in the appointment, like, you know, I'm trying to process this and like figure out how to respond. Like I still wanted to be like God's light for the midwife in there. So I'm like trying to, how, how does God want me to respond to this? Um, and my son, you know, who's one and sitting in the appointment with me is like making a ruckus and, you know, needs my attention. And I, like, at first I had this feeling like, don't you know what I'm going through? Like, you can't, you can't be disruptive right now. Like I need to process this, but really it was God's hand of protection because, um, I realized like through my time, like when we're in like our darkest moments, we have this tendency to just want to go deep and dark and, and just sit there and be alone in that. And I do believe we have to process that stuff with God and with other people. And it's so important to look at all of those feelings, but I think there's this thing that when, when we help someone else, sometimes in the middle of it, it actually kind of draws us out of our pain a little bit and it, it shows us our strength and our courage. And so actually like my son being there was kind of a pr protective factor from God. As I know, like sometimes I'll get in, um, a, a, a difficulty with my husband and I'm just so hurt and so upset and, like I'll have, I have a lot of people that reach out to me for support. And so I'll have someone text me saying, Hey, I'm having a bad day. Can we talk? And my first instinct again is to be like, no, like, don't you know what I'm going through? <laughs> like, How could you be asking me for help? But then like God softens my heart and I end up, you know, helping them. And once I leave that moment of helping them, I have such a renewed perspective. I can see like the big picture of things. I can see God's faithfulness and his goodness. And so I think that's like one of the things that when we're going through these pain moments, cause I've kind of reflected on like, um, what, what I did that, or what God did that protected me in all of this. And I think one of those things that we can do when we're in these dark moments is to not just look at our own stuff. Like we do need to look at it. We can't ignore it or shove it down, but helping other people, helping them 
through their stuff because we're always a step ahead of someone. And so when we can do that, it can really protect us in this journey. So I, you know, got through that with my son and yeah. So we had like a busy season in our family and I knew it was coming up. So I pre-recorded a bunch of podcasts so that I could take this season off with my family. And what I found at the end of like three or four weeks with not recording, not interviewing anybody, I was so bummed out all the time. I was like, my face was downcast and I felt almost, you know, felt depression coming up on me. And it's funny because sometimes I look at the things I have to juggle and the things I have to do. And I think, oh my goodness, it's so much, there's so much tedious to doing all these things. But then I think, you know why I'm so downcast right now is because I haven't interviewed anybody for a month. Like I thought I needed to just, I'm so busy. I need to set aside that, but really what gave me life and brought me joy and fills my heart and my soul is talking to other people. And so I think that that's very true. Like when you are involved, God created us for community. He created us to sharpen one another. And that's exactly where we need to be. Sometimes when we focus on ourselves so much, it creates a bigger struggle. Yes. Yeah. I am so with you. It's, and it is so funny how those things that God is calling us to do when, when we allow the enemy to sneak in and like distort our perspective, it looks like this heavy burden that we have to carry, but it's so true that it's actually like God helping us, um, find these moments of joy and bring our gifts to the world, which there is nothing more fulfilling than, you know, getting to do that. So yes, I am so with you on that. I, I, I threw you off track. We'll jump back in. So yeah, I, you know, got through the appointment and it was just so hard. We had to talk about how to get the baby out of me then, because, you know, it was a, a silent miscarriage. And so it just, there's nothing pretty or fun about that conversation. It's just, it's so hard because you're already dealing with the loss of this child. And now you have to go through something else and none of it is fun. It all involves like physical pain of some kind and, and obviously emotional pain, but I got through it and I was driving home with my son and I tried calling my husband, I think like 45 times on the way home, he was at work and wasn't looking at his phone. And eventually he called me back and he came home as soon as he could. And I just cried and cried that night and just allowed myself just to grieve. And there's just so much that you grieve with a miscarriage. Like it's the loss of this child that you were anticipating. It's also the loss of this, this season of pregnancy. Like that's such an exciting season that you work up for. And I had just gotten through my full first trimester, you know, like I was out of the weeds. Like I thought, you know, the second trimester goodness was coming and now that's gone. And the loss of like how you imagine the timing of your children being. And there's just so many layers that go into it. And so I really think it's so important to give so much space for that grief. Well, and I think there's even logistical issues. I've just had one miscarriage, but, and it was really early. And I remember thinking, this is a life, but do we do a funeral? Because we haven't even announced that there is this life yet. And so logistically, like, what do I do? You know, my doctor at the time didn't give me, I was like, well, what do I do? Like if the baby passes by itself, what do I do? And, um, 
you know, she, her advice was pretty much whatever you want with it, you know, like, I'm like, but it's not a goldfish, you know, I mean, so it's, we're lacking practical knowledge as well. And I think that makes the emotional challenge be compounded a little bit because we don't have those logistic practical tools in that moment that we never saw coming. Yes, that's so true. And I think part of that is because we don't talk about it. And so we don't know what people do, how they experience it, what is normal, what is healthy, what is, you know, all of those things. I think that is so true. Yeah. It's, there's so many layers that are so hard. And so, yeah, I, I just let myself go there. Cause I think, yeah, that's step number one is just let yourself like, just fully go there. Don't hold back. Like any feelings towards God, he can handle all of it. Um, and so I went there that night and, um, but that night God already started performing like these miracles in my life. So I had, there was a handful of people that knew that I was pregnant and I uh, texted them just to kind of let them know. And that felt really good to know, like, Hey, everyone knows what happened. You know, no one's going to be randomly popping in saying, Oh, how's pregnancy going? You know? And so I felt good about that, but there was a friend specifically that she had actually gone through a miscarriage a few months prior. And she was one of the people that knew I was pregnant. And so I, I, you know, texted her saying like, Hey, can we, you know, meet up in the next few weeks or a couple months, it's always so hard to get together with people these days. We're always so busy. And so I thought it would be a long ways away, but she happened to be free the very next morning and she made a time to go to breakfast with me. And that was the beginning of my healing journey or or the next step in it. Really. Um, I got to sit down with her and we went and went over every detail, like everything our bodies did, everything we felt, every emotion, every fear, every, all of it. And we just laid it out on all on the table. And I got to hear how she had walked through it, even though it, it was imperfect and she was still struggling, but I got to be with someone that had walked through that same thing and hold nothing back. And there was, there was nothing like magical that happened in that conversation, but it was so healing just to have that moment and to get to share all of that so openly. And so that was that, that first miracle that God did is just the timing of that and um, having that friendship there. Cause it was a newer friendship too. I really actually had only bonded with her because of her miscarriage and I'd been wanting to kind of support her. And so it was just such a God thing. And then, you know, the next thing God did, I was, I was driving home from that breakfast with my friend and I pull up to my driveway and there's a a present sitting on my doorstep. And I was like, what is going on? And I got out and I looked and um, one of my friends that lives like 30 minutes away from me has two small kids. I, you know, she had, I told her I had a miscarriage and she had driven up that morning to leave me this present. And I just can't tell you how loved I felt by it. It was so simple, but like just some fuzzy socks and peppermint tea and a candle. And I just felt so insanely loved by that. And so I went inside and I, you know, put my son down for his nap and I finally got to sit down with God and have some one-on-one time with him to really process what, what had been happening. And I lit my candle and I put on my fuzzy socks and it just felt like this hug around me. It was so, it's actually inspired me to give people more gifts because I always have been an overthinker about gift giving. And I feel like I have to find the perfect gift and has to mean all of these things, but the simplicity of it and how much it impacted me, I've been just like, okay, I'm just going to give them something because it, it, you know, can create that, that feeling for them. So it was so powerful. And so I sit down on the couch to do my time with God and I am, you know, journaling and just letting him, telling him everything that I'm feeling and letting every thought out. And in the middle of my time with God, I get a call on my phone 
and it's from the doctor's office. And I still, you know, hadn't found out, you know, the gender of the baby. And I get this call and they say, Hey, we, we just got your blood work tests back. And, um, we have some news that might help you process all of this. And they said, your baby has Turner syndrome. And, and I immediately started like asking all these questions, like, is it genetic? Like, did I do something to create it? And she was, I think just the receptionist, she didn't have any answers, but in my, I let my anxiety kind of take over in that moment. And, but I said, okay. And then I got off the phone and I started searching it and I looked it up and it's when a baby is missing, um, I believe it's an X chromosome. I'm trying to remember the science behind it, but essentially it is not genetic. It's very random. And what it means is that it was a girl because it only happens to girls. And I just started weeping because even though I had believed what God had said, it was just the confirmation of his voice in this powerful way, because I had really before that doubted him speaking to me. Like I was trying to believe, but my faith was, you know, very small, maybe less than a mustard seed, (laughs) but like the confirmation of his voice, like did something in me that just changed everything. And so I found in my journal later that I wrote this, um, so less than 24 hours after I had found out I had miscarried, it was new year's Eve. So also interesting timing. And I, I wrote this in my journal and it says, I lift my hands and surrender my plans to the one who planned the earth. I choose to trust. I choose to worship. I choose to look and wait in expectation for the good. Happy new year. Indeed. And I just like, I, I, I share that because I look back and I'm like, that was such a Holy Spirit moment because that's not me. That's not my strength. That is like God through me and his power. And so like this miscarriage just set me on this new path of really believing God's voice and the power of him that I just had doubted. And it, I started, um, he started bringing me to different books. Like, um, there's a book called supernatural childbirth that just changed everything for me about how I saw pregnancy and birth and God's power. And it like really was like this. I've I've been a Christian my whole life. Like I grew up in a Christian home, but I had never before fully understood his supernatural power and really believed in his voice in such a big way. So it was a huge turning point for me. It, It was just something about like, If the very thing that I was most scared of, I had always feared losing a baby to miscarriage. And if the very thing that I had feared happened and it literally turned into one of the best seasons of my life, like what do I have to fear? There is absolutely nothing that I have to fear. I can fully and completely trust God. And so this actually is like what inspired me. Um, So in that season, I started beginning to listen to God's voice more and trusting that. And so I actually would, um, (laughs) was so on fire to even like go to my gym and, um, kind of ask God to speak over different people, speak to me about different people that were around me. And he would give me like just small words for people. Um, like uh, one girl was exercising and it was just something as simple as you're really beautiful. And, uh, like God, God says that you're really beautiful. And I, you know, would tell her that and people would, you know, just well up with tears. Like it was always exactly what they needed to hear. And so I just started trusting his voice more and kind of, uh, reaching out. And I just felt him calling me to put, um, his light into the world more, to put his voice out into the world more. I think when we hear his voice and we act in obedience, he starts to, uh, you know, it, maybe we, we just never noticed it before, but but um, I think we see the opportunities and we do learn to walk in that faith 
more, we learn a different boldness. And um, it's not just in that one category. You know, he used this situation in your life, but it overflows to every situation in your life, not just on that topic. Yes, it's so true. Yeah, it it literally like changed the trajectory of my life. And um, yeah, so from that, actually, what happened is uh, I was going everywhere I could, going to the gym, going to all these places at Trader Joe's, trying to help people meet Jesus, inviting them to church. And I had this new boldness, just a gift of the Holy Spirit. And um, but then COVID happened. <laughs> and so in the midst of that, I was like, wait a minute. There was some workers at the gym that I was almost get, got to church. Like, why is this happening now? I can't go to the gym anymore. <laughs> so I was so upset. And so it was in that season that I felt God um, actually initially calling me to start a blog um, to just help spread his light into the world and help spread this message of hope that he had. And so I started a blog, but that's just so much work. Uh, <laughs> it's so much work to write. Oh my goodness. Podcasting is so much easier. And so, but that's, I never envisioned myself podcasting. That seemed like way out there. Um, even blogging felt a little crazy. And so, (laughs) but I started there and, um, but then I actually got pregnant very shortly after with, um, my next child, which there's a whole long story too behind how God, um, I believe God also said that was a girl and, um, there was a long journey I took for him to speak her name to me. And, um, it's just really amazing what he did. Um, but I, anyways, I was pregnant and so I was just so tired and I could not bring myself to type these long blog posts and edit them for hours. And so anyways, I, I kind of ended that, but then as, as she was born, I knew it was time for this thing that God had been calling me to. And he began speaking to me what that was. And part of that was um, a call to ministry and joining my church um, on staff. And then uh, the other piece was starting a podcast, which still feels crazy and feels funny to talk about because it feels so out there. But, and, and really, I am a recovering perfectionist. Like I, one of the biggest struggles of my life, well, there's been a lot. So I have a long history of depression and anxiety and anger, um, but also this deep sense of an inadequacy. And I have all my life struggled with that. And so the fact that I'm podcasting like blows my mind because there's like a blog you can edit and edit and edit until it is shining. It might not be perfect, but it's as close as you can get. But podcasting, like there's really, it's not never going to be perfect. You know, you just kind of have to go with it. And so, um, it is such a God thing that I'm here because otherwise there would have been no way that I would have had the courage to overcome my fear of judgment, fear of, oh my goodness, my own judgment of myself to even to step out in this way. I hear you. I hear you on that. (laughs) Yes. So the Lord brought you your daughter's name. Tell me about that. Yes. This was such a faith journey for me. Uh, so much fun though. So I had, um, been seeing a biblical coach at the time. Um, me and my husband were seeing him and I was seeing him individually. And I really believe in like getting, um, professional help, whether it's a, they're a Christian therapist, a counselor, this biblical coach was the first time I'd seen someone like that. And, uh, he was so amazing, but he really challenged me in my faith. And so when I got pregnant again, very shortly after praise God, it was such a miracle, but I, really felt like it was a girl, but then I just started to doubt it. Cause I'm like, well, maybe that was the, the last one was a girl. Like, is this one really a girl? And so I was doubting it and I was processing this with him and he, he challenged me and he said, okay, 
Brittany, like, I know you're not going to like this because you love control, but I challenge you to either. Well, first you said, I challenge you to have the baby without finding out the gender and just believe it's a girl, like paint the room pink, buy girl clothes, all of the things. And I was like, I am not going to do that. (laughs) That sounds awful. I mean, I'm sure it would have been an amazing moment, but I just, I just wasn't there. So he said, okay, an alternative is you can pray and ask God to give you a girl's name and not a boy's name, just a girl's name. And and then you can find out, you know, so I was like, okay, that I can totally do that. And so even in that moment in, in that room, um, I kept hearing the, the name Naomi and I was like, okay, like, I, I love, I love that name. It just didn't feel like my daughter's name. And so I just, I thought again, that I was just not hearing God right. Cause that's usually what I go to. If I, if it doesn't make sense in that moment, I just assume I'm just not hearing God. Right. But as I process this with my biblical coach, he said, okay, that, that doesn't mean you're not hearing him. Right. That just isn't the end of the story. Like you've got to dig into that. Keep praying, keep seeking, keep searching. And so I decided to go to the book of Ruth because that is where, you know, Naomi is found. And I read it over and over again. And I just prayed and prayed over it. And it was so amazing. What I found is, um, Naomi, you know, had this, this horrific thing happened to her where she lost her sons and her husband, and she was in this foreign land. It was like the worst possible thing that could have happened. But through that thing, through the very worst thing is the only way that the best thing happened where she got these daughters and she got to be, I think it's the great, great grandmother of King David. Like she is now in the lineage of Jesus. And so the only way the very best thing happened was through the worst thing. And it was out of that, that birthed it. And so I was just amazed by that. And like the story of God's divine reversal, where he takes those worst things and turns them into the very best things. And so I kind of, um, I thought, I'm like, this is amazing. Okay. What, what is the name then? <laughs> what does this mean? And so I kept, I love Googling. So I kept Googling, like, what is a name that means redemption or, you know, things like that. And I, I Googled endlessly and I just, there was nothing. And so I knew I was kind of off track because, um, that wasn't where God was leading me. That was me trying to figure it out in my own might. And so eventually, like, as I, I read over it again and I kept praying, um, I was actually standing up from my time with God that day. And all of a sudden this thought popped into my head or God's voice that I need to Google, um, the name of flowers that come after a wildfire. And so I was like, this is so strange. And so I I searched it and there's a a flower that only comes after a wildfire. So these seeds can lie dormant in the ground for up to a hundred years. So they're in the ground for a hundred years. And only once the fire comes and breaks open the outside of the seeds, do they bloom? And so it was just such a picture of what had happened is I, this fire is what I needed to really bloom. And it's from only from the fire that I was able to come to this new place of um, growth with God and faith and strength. And so there's one of the names of the the flowers that that happens with this called Iliamna. And so I I named my daughter Iliana after this flower that comes from the fire. And I, I just love it so much because it's just every time I say it, it reminds me of God's faithfulness and how he took the worst thing and made it the best thing. And I, I, he's just so good. So yeah, Ileana Hope is her name. I love names. And I love um, when you, when you look and ask somebody why they chose a name. Wow. It's like, 
you know, I think God is so practical too. And, and he teaches us things and, and lays down these things in our remembrances to, to bring us back to him and to focus our gaze on him. But, oh, baby names, picking those baby names. Oh my goodness. I, I love that. I love stories of baby names. And you got to do it nine times. That must've been incredible. Yeah. And so I, I do like have stories with some of them. And then I have to say, as my memory fades, maybe I don't have quite as sharp of a knowledge as for all of them, but you know, names have meanings. And so I always think it's important to speak life into our children through their names and, uh, and then what an honor it is to be able to choose their names you know, and, and that their names will go before them for the rest of their lives. It is quite an amazing thing when we think about names. That is so true. It is incredible. And there's so much power in words. So yeah, it's, it's incredible. Well, even I was thinking as you, as you were talking about this, this is theology. You know, sometimes we think, oh, theology is boring. We get an idea that there is well, we live life and we have things that are important to our lives and, and the movement of our life. And then there's this theology that's sitting on the side. And I think what we learn as we live longer is that theology, okay, if I looked it up, what is it? Theos is God, right? And ology is the study of, correct? I think that, yeah. um, but our life becomes what we're learning about God, our understanding of God and growing closer to him through the living of our lives, you know, that's so and good. I'm a kinesthetic learner. I learn as I do. And as I go, you know, how boring it would be if I just sat and studied, but <laughs> never put it into practice, right? Yes. We got to put into practice the things that the Lord is teaching us for sure. Yes. That's so good. And you'd be missing out on so much because yeah, when we get to practice that, that's when we find all of the power and the freedom and oh my goodness. So do you feel like you understand God as your father? And, and here, here's one, here's one thought I was thinking about, um, as we become parents, we seem to be able to understand the Bible differently too. I wonder if you've noticed that in your motherhood, that scripture means a little bit different. Like we get to choose the name and God chooses our names, you know, and, and he fathers us, he parents us and scripture has a totally different meaning once we become parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thought. How I think all of like, as we, as God molds us, as we study him through our lives, it helps us get a clearer picture of him, which is always going to like bring life, more life to scripture. Cause the more that we can understand about him, the more that we can see him in the word and, and understand that that's him right there. And yeah, it's, that is such a, I love that idea of how, as we parent, it changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, oh, I believe that so much. So, well, I want to make sure that ladies know where to find you. You do have a podcast called morning mama. And are there other places besides going on to a podcast and making sure they subscribe? Yeah. Yeah. So on my podcast, we talk about healing from the past, parenting uh, with purpose and living out your calling. And 
Um, yeah, that's the, a great place to find me. I also have a Facebook group. Um, it's called, or you can find it at bit.ly B I T dot L Y slash morning mama Facebook group. It's B I T dot L Y slash morning mama Facebook group. And yeah, it's a really great community of moms that are in the middle of it all and struggling and trying to find Jesus and find hope and find healing. And, um, they get really vulnerable in there. So I'm just really grateful to have this safe space that you help you know that you're not alone in this. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the biggest place I show up. I'm on Instagram, but I don't have much going on there. You can find it if you want to, maybe I'll get it together at some point, but, uh, it's at, uh, morning mama podcasts on Instagram as well. I'm so active on Facebook too. And I love that because I feel like I can build community there and your story is community. You know, part of your story is women coming around you and delivering that little package with the fuzzy socks and, and meeting with someone to connect and share heart to heart, you know? And so, yeah, I, I love that little place in the world for that as well. And so I hope ladies go and find you and I'll put your links in the show notes. And then I would love for you to just close out this session with a word of prayer for our mamas that are listening today. Yeah, I would love to. God, I just thank you for this space that Pam has created. God, I thank you for her heart for moms. I thank you for what a strength she is, God, that in all of the seasons of motherhood that she has seen, God, that she has so much wisdom, just strength that has built up inside of her, God, and she's using that for your kingdom, God, and helping so many moms find hope again. And I'm just so grateful, God. I just pray blessings over her Lord and this podcast and every ear listening, God. And I just pray for every ear lit that has been listening, God, that anyone that has walked through a miscarriage or any point of pain, God, we all have those points of pain, God. And I just pray that right now you would just begin shedding your hope and your vision onto them, God, that you, you want something more for them. God, I pray healing over their hearts, God, over their bodies, Lord. We know that you've promised us this healing, God. And I just pray that they would receive that right now, God. And I just pray you'd begin giving them this vision of where you want to take them, God, how you want to take that, that hardest thing that happened in their life and turn it for good. God, you promise you're going to turn all things for good for those who love you, God. And I just pray right now that, that that would begin to happen, God, that in this moment, even you would whisper in their ears, what that looks like, how you're going to turn it for good and where you're going to take them in that God. And I just thank you that we can trust you in all things, God, no matter what life looks like, you are always there and you are a good father that is surrounding us at all times, God. And we're just so honored to be your kids. God, just, um, yeah, we just pray all of our ears would be more open to your voice, God, and that we would just follow you, God. And we just thank you for your goodness in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true.